One day towards the end of term, Paula didn't turn up at school. Phoebe ran so many scenarios of what might have happened through her head, but none made any sense. Paula didn't turn up the next day, or even the following week. No one in the class knew what had happened. It was as though she disappeared off the face of the earth. It was really strange. The school teachers remained silent too, as if she'd never existed. Phoebe didn't have Paula's home phone number, and the only time Paula had ever been to her house was before the feathers ball. The rest of the time, the girls' plans had always been made in the school break times or on their way home from school, so she was now at a total loss as to what she could do. She felt like she'd lost a limb. Phoebe tried going down the King's Road, checking in at all their favourite places, just in case she came across her friend. But weeks passed, and still nothing. She simply couldn't understand what could have happened to her. She really missed her. Paula had been her first real friend in all senses of the word, a friend who had opened a whole new world to her during the two years they'd hung out together, showing her what life was like outside her comfortable Chelsea bubble. Phoebe wondered if she'd ever be brave enough to do any of the things they'd discussed together, now she was on her own. She didn't want to go back to her solitary world of being on the outside looking in. She had no one to talk to any longer at school, and it wasn't any fun going to all the old haunts that she and Paula had frequented on her own. She tried sitting outside the Picasso one Saturday morning and ordered the same cappuccino and toasted ham and cheese sandwich that she'd always ordered, but this time the usually frothy coffee seemed flat, and the yummy, slightly burnt edges of the cheesy, crisply toasted sandwich tasted like cardboard. Life just wasn't worth living like this. Paula had to be out there somewhere, and it was up to Phoebe to find her. Maybe she could even go and ask at one of the places that Paula had mentioned she'd been to. There was one particular strange-sounding place, called The Process. She'd never really understood what the place was when Paula had described it to her, but yes, that was where she would start. Although she'd run it past Mrs Abbott, just in case the people from The Process had kidnapped her friend. Phoebe spoke quickly, trying to get everything else she wanted to say to Mrs Abbott out in just one breath. Abby, you know Paula has disappeared and that she's no longer at school and no one knows what's happened to her. Well, I want to go and search for her, as I'm really worried about her, and if James could take me to this place near Park Lane, could you come too and wait while I go in, just in case they've kidnapped her and then they try to kidnap me too? Phoebe finally stopped for breath. Good. She'd said it now. She hoped Mrs Abbott wasn't going to think she was silly. Dear girl. Kidnapped her. Whatever sort of place do you want to go to? We're in Chelsea, not the East End of London. Your imagination is running away with you. I'm sure there's some logical reason why she's no longer at school. Perhaps her family moved at short notice. Mrs Abbott stood with her arms crossed over her ample bosom, looking at Phoebe with a bemused expression on her face, as though Phoebe had suddenly gone mad. Mrs Abbott was a stoical woman, used to containing her feelings. It was rare for any emotions to be seen that might cause her to raise one of her unplucked eyebrows. No, Abby, I've got a bad feeling about this. The school have said she's not coming back, but they won't say why. Mrs Abbott shook her head of thick grey curls and pursed her lips in slight disapproval. Well, I must say this all sounds very strange, dear, but I'll come with you and then wait nearby. You'll have to show me where you're going and if you haven't come out within fifteen minutes, I'll come in together with James to find you. Thank you, Abby. You always come to my rescue. I do love you. 
Mrs. Abbott crossed her arms protectively, holding them tighter across her bosom, seemingly flustered at Phoebe's unexpected show of feeling. You know, James and I will always be there for you. It'll be all right in the end, you'll see. Phoebe wrapped her arms around Mrs. Abbott's matronly body in a huge emotional bear hug. Mrs. Abbott, unused to such public displays of affection, stood stiffly and patted Phoebe gently on her back, as though she was burping a baby. Phoebe discovered the process church of the final judgment was in Mayfair, which was a smart neighbourhood, so the process, despite its name, couldn't be all that peculiar. James parked the Bentley away from the entrance, just as he'd done when dropping Phoebe off to school, except this time there was the addition of Mrs Abbott in the car with them. Phoebe braced her shoulders and took a deep breath, as though she was going into battle. Right, I'm going in. Mrs Abbott wound down her car window and peered suspiciously at the building. I don't like the look of this place, Phoebe. Why would they have a swastika-like symbol with four Ps around it? What could it mean? Abby, I don't know. But I'm going in to have a look, and I'll be quick. I'll find you back at the car. Phoebe had just noticed a small group of men wearing black hooded robes, standing together at the entrance with a large Alsatian on a lead. Phoebe, I don't like this. Mrs Abbott's normally calm tone of voice had changed to a slightly higher pitch, full of anxiety. Abby, I'll be fine. Stop your worrying. I just want to ask if they've seen Paula. Phoebe attempted to sound more confident than she felt, as her heart was now beating way faster than usual. She got out of the car and tentatively walked inside, to find herself in a surprisingly normal-looking entrance hall that had a small bookstall area and a coffee shop where there were more black-robed people milling around. Phoebe picked up one of the magazines lying around. It was called The Process. She flicked through it, but was unable to focus or concentrate on any of the pages. Can I help you? Phoebe jumped and turned around, startled. One of the black-robed people was talking to her. Welcome to the process, come on through. Have you come to visit our church? The hooded man was standing very close to her, even though he was speaking quite loudly. This whole place was already creeping her out. Um, I'm looking for a friend, actually. We've got all sorts of people, famous ones too, who've joined the process. What's your friend's name? She's called Paula. She's tall and very pretty. I'd remember a tall, pretty girl, and there's been none here recently. The hooded man winked at Phoebe, as though he was sharing his secrets with her, before he went back to sounding more businesslike. Come with me and I'll introduce you to our founders, Robert de Grimston and Marianne McLean. They might be able to help you. Phoebe followed him into a church-like area that was so dark she couldn't see much, but she could hear people chanting. The strong perfume of incense was overpowering and seeped into her clothes, her hair and her very being. Phoebe knew she'd be able to smell it long after she left. An older man with long hair and a droopy moustache materialised in front of her, together with a slight woman with equally long, lank hair and a blank expression. The woman spoke first in dull monotones. I believe you're looking for someone. I'm Mary Ann and this is Robert. Together we founded the Process Church based on Scientology. All our members go through processing or therapy on their arrival, which we find is helpful for them. It could be that your friend has already done this. Phoebe was starting to feel physically sick at the woman's words. 
she was hearing her worst possible fears spoken out loud. The woman, although drab and grey in appearance, spoke with a quiet intensity. We believe there are four gods who exist within each of our personalities. Jehovah is the strength, Lucifer is the light, Satan is the separation, and Christ is the unification. Our members can choose which god or gods to follow, as their personalities and future relationships will be defined by their choices. Come with us now, and we'll show you around. Phoebe suddenly felt that the longer she stood close to this intense couple, the more likely she was to be sucked deeper into the dark vortex of their religious beliefs. She took a step backwards, away from them and towards the safety of the brightly lit cafe near the front entrance. She was beginning to feel a magnetic force pulling her further into the depths of this place. The further in she went, the less likely she'd be able to leave. She now wanted to escape, as quickly as she could. The woman was still speaking, persuasive in the way she enunciated, making every word meaningful. The real devil is humanity, so we limit drugs and alcohol and sex. Our work is spiritual, as we want you to love your enemies. Phoebe was trying to shut the woman's voice out, so that her words would simply become a meaningless noise, but her husband now took his turn to speak, as though he'd been programmed to finish the whole sales pitch. You're welcome to join us. You're just the sort of girl who would enjoy and benefit from our teachings. We have Sabbath services each week and lots of events you can join in with, or you could even come and live with us here in our commune. Why don't you go and have a cup of tea with one of our members in the coffee bar, so they can tell you more about us? Phoebe could feel the panic bubbling up in her chest. She had, by now, decided that this couple were really odd, almost robotic, but she'd come here to find Paula, and they still hadn't answered her original question properly. She knew now she wasn't going to get any more answers from them. All the time they'd been speaking, She'd been looking around to see if she could spot anyone who looked at all like Paula, but it was so dark in there, and everyone dressed in black blended into the background. Thank you so much, but I really have to go now. Maybe I'll come back another day? Phoebe spoke quietly and politely. She never forgot her manners, even in difficult circumstances. She tried to look calm and collected, even though inside she was in turmoil. She turned, with one last backward glance, just in case Paula should miraculously appear, then half walked and half ran towards the coffee shop, desperately craving daylight and the welcoming sanity that she would find again with Mrs Abbott and James. As she approached the car, she broke into a proper sprint and climbed in as quickly as she could, her words tumbling out on top of each other. Oh, Abby, that was so weird in there. It's a sort of a church place with hymns and chanting and all people dressed in black. Paula hadn't ever described it to me like that. I really don't think she's there. James, please can we get away from this place as quickly as we can? It was freaky. Phoebe could feel herself still shaking. She was finding it hard to breathe and speak in her panic. Mrs Abbott turned round to look at Phoebe from the front of the car, with concern written all over her kindly face. Phoebe, please don't ever go back there. James, who rarely offered his opinion or even spoke, chimed in too. I think it sounds like what they call a cult. They like young girls like you, especially ones with money, or celebrities who can spread the word. You're lucky you got away. I can safely say that I won't ever be going back. Phoebe spoke with conviction. But how am I ever going to find Paula now? Mrs Abbott, always the voice of reason, offered Phoebe some of her Yorkshire pragmatism for reassurance. She'll turn up when the time's right, dear. 
You mark my words.'